Oh, thank you, my dear sister. It's been ages. In fact, I was thinking about you guys this morning. Nice to have you, Sister Jane. Nice to have you. All right, it's been. How is the young man doing? I'm sure he's doing very well now. I'm sure he's a grown man now. But it's nice to it's nice to have you. All right, all right. So uh, we we are going to be just looking into the Word of God and kind of you know tiptoe. I don't have a kind of a specific message that I want to <clears throat> share with us. But there are several things the Spirit of the Lord has been emphasizing, highlighting, and flashing into my spirit. And I want to look at this on the general scope of updating our prophetic engagement in terms of our existence and seeing how we can really, you know, catch up in the spirit and, if you will, find ourselves where we are, we are relevant to, to the times, to the days, to, you know, what is happening globally, not just within our own, you know, immediate domain, because that, in fact, that is what we need to, we need to do. We need to, you know, uh, walk to us as, as believers. One of the beauties of the prophetic is that it keeps us abreast with what is happening out there. There are activities shaping society. There are things happening both politically, you know, uh, uh, within the economy, uh, within our local, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, family circuit, within, you know, friends. You know, things are happening right now that we can define as seasons of shift. Not just change, but seasons of shift. And I remember some time ago, I shared about four things that will be happening in our time. And I remember one of the first words we looked at is disruption. There's going to be a lot of disruptions. Now, this disruption, like I said, will be, will be happening in politics, leadership. Obviously, we're seeing that happening right now in South Africa. Now, does that mean that... Um, the declaration of the new dawn, you know, Sir Ramaphosa came with that word, you know, is the new dawn for South Africa. I strongly believe it. It's a new day. But guess what? Everything still looks dark. Everything still looks the way they look. But something in the spirit day, and they didn't tell you it's going to be 10, uh, it's going to be 12 uh, uh, um, a.m. Or, or, or p.m. And just they say, to, I mean, if you don't submit that thing by 12, you know, a.m. the next day, which is some minutes, some, you know, seconds pass, you know, at 12. If you don't, if you don't put that thing in, guess what? You've, you've missed it because you are assuming that 12 the next day is going to be 12 p.m. But 12 the next day starts from one second past 12. So I'm emphasizing this to highlight the nature of, you know, the days that we live in and the kind of spiritual mindset we need to wear, the, 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 the type of mindset, the type of mentality. I'm saying this because a lot of people right now are beginning to get dispodent. They're getting distracted, distracted excuse me. They're getting, you know, uh, 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 sidetracked. They're getting uh, uh, um, confused. Yes. Those are part of, you know, the characteristics you will find within the activity of a shift in season. 
So we have to come to a point in our walk with God where we are able to understand, all right, the timings and how to engage with times in the seasons, all right? Spiritual things are not based on what you see around, what you feel, what you uh, uh, think, if you will, at least to some degree, that thought that we have must align to that to that which the Lord, excuse me, to that which God is saying, to that which the Spirit of the Lord is emphasizing, all right? So being able to read the times of God, being able to read the clock, you know, the, the, the clock, the time of God is very important. And being able to walk within the structure, within the framework of, you know, uh, 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 of what you might define as a new season, I think is very, very vital and important. Because within the structures of season, there are all kinds of things that will be unveiling, that will be happening, that we may just not understand. Because they are not relating or they are not speaking to our frame of thought. They are not speaking to how we, uh, uh, they are not speaking to our expectation. So we have to, you know, as spiritual people, and obviously I'm speaking to people that have uh, assumed, all right, one, as spiritual are longing for you know, their spiritual growth and development. They want to see, you know, things happen within the concept of their own life. Because if we lose our prophetic uh, frame, you know, frame, if we lose our present change, we have to change. And that change means that the way we view, the way we see, the way we interact, the way we look at each other has to change. I mean, I, I remember sharing this point some time ago. When David was about to face Goliath, that was a new season for him. That was a new season for David. The David that brought, you know, bread, cheese, butter, and milk, and maybe some other food to his brother, you know, at the battlefield, was a different David that engaged Goliath. That same David, Arab, is different from the David that engage the lions and the bears. One man. One man. But engaging, amen, in different season as, 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 as the season demands, it wears a new face. It wears a new, it's like it becomes something else. It is, I mean, to the point the Bible says that when David was going, when David finally left, you know, uh, uh, King Saul, Saul asks, you know, his officials, he said, who is that boy? Who is that boy? I mean, he just had a discussion with him. Something about David changed. And that's what I'm saying that in, in, in a day where God, thank you sir for joining this morning, Pastor Akin, it's been a while. In a day where a new day, a new season, all right, has been ushered in, we dare not go with the same mindset, with the same facial expression, with the same, you know, spiritual uh, 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 Makeup. We don't go with the same, you know, gear, with the same garment. We understand this. When Joseph was about to, you know, face, uh, uh, um, you know, Pharaoh, when Pharaoh finally called for him, they said, "There's a guy. There's a boy. There's there's somebody in the in the prison. He can interpret dreams." The Bible says that Joseph changed his garment. He shaved his beard. What am I saying? I'm saying that for for every season in our life. We, we have to go through a season of metamorphosing. We have to go through a season of change. We have to come to a position, amen, of a new man. 
There has to be that understanding, all right, that every demand of God for a chameleon into, all right, the, the, the nature of the color that, that, that is required of you to deal with whatever situation or circumstance. Because you see, when you walk in pride, it's very difficult to walk in the things of the Spirit. Pride is a killer to the things of the Spirit. That's why one of, if there's anything I pray for daily in my life, all right, is that me, that is that humility becomes, all right, my, my, my God, my watch, my, my watch word for the day is that I'm led because that is, that is the, that is the architecture that defines, all right, our position, all right, before God, excuse me, what brought, what brought down Lucifer? Pride. This is not a pride outside his ministry. This is not a pride outside his calling. This is not a pride outside his, his sense of, you know, covering. The Bible says he was the cherubim that covers. So the point that I'm making is, we, we, can, be, we can be in ministry, we can be working with God, we can be interacting with the things of the Spirit, and be developing in pride. Like I've been sharing, if, if you've been following some of the things I've been sharing on my, you know, on my timeline, I've been talking about ministry. All right, the concept of the exterior, the exterior life, and the interior life must become one. We cannot afford to be saying one thing, all right, while our life is reflecting something else. We must have a man one life reflecting a multi-dimensional expression of Christ. So there has to be a constancy to our 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 identity, but within that constancy, people should not be able to. Tell us. They should not be able to, you know, uh, uh, define us. They should not be able to stop us. Circumstance around should not be able to hinder us. We must, we must, we must, we must be, we must be changing, amen, in, in, in the relevance of that which is required of us, all right? So when you enter into a day, into an arena, into a, a position, into anywhere that requires certain aspects, amen, to deal with that aspect, guess what? That's why you must change to. Because, in fact, there's a material I'm working on. The reason why I've not been broadcasting for a while, like I've been sharing, right, is because I'm, I'm doing a material on the book, excuse me, not on the book now, on uh, um, the architecture of Jezebel. Powerful, powerful concept. I'm working on this material now, uh, and hopefully by, um, by, let's say this week, I actually said this week, hopefully maybe by the end of the week, or next week, I should begin a teaching on, on it. All right? Powerful things the Father is opening my eyes to see. Jezebel. The reality of Jezebel globally, within our nation, within our own life, within our home, within our marriage, within our ministry. Oh my Lord, this is amazing, the material. So, one of the things that <clears throat> the Lord opened my eyes to see, and identity, based on certain names, based on certain character based on certain value system all right the jehovah jireh is different from jehovah setkeno is different from jehovah nisi all right those words those names reflect something about his values about his interaction about the way he wants to express himself to us all right within a circumstance all right so the way he deals with you or he reveals himself to you in when you are in need is different from the way he reveals himself to you when you are sick it's different, it's different from the way amen, he reveals himself when you need to go to war and he needs to be there with you. You see, so, so each aspect of God, amen, speaks into certain objectives 
all right, in our life that he needs us to carry out. The same thing the devil does when he attacks us or when he begins to do certain things within society. All right, behind that, those activities, behind those things the enemy is doing, all right, are you know, objectives that he wants to carry out. For, for all I care, let's say the devil all right, is manifesting himself in the area of Goliath of Gath. Alright? So there's yeah, yes, here is this one single guy in the entire army. I mean, the army of the Philistines is a powerful army. They're one of the strongest army. In fact, they, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, they are the strongest army that the children of Israel have ever faced. The Philistines. I mean, and therefore, you know, you know the Philistines, they're always <laughs> always on the children or on the on the head of the children of Israel. The Philistines are not a single person. I'd learn how to fight a Goliath. How, excuse me, how to fight a giant. <laughs> Not one single person. So the, the, the point I'm highlighting is you've got to be able to preempt your enemy. That in a day where you need to fight all right, a Goliath, are you ready to fight one? In a day where you need to challenge all right, a Jezebel, are you ready? Do you have, you have one person? In a day where you need to face a, um, a pharaoh, are you ready? Do you have what it takes? You, you see, the point is, there are all kinds of all kinds of ways the enemy attacks us. So at this point, the enemy says, "Okay, let's go," you know, one to one, and that one to one will define and determine, all right, the destiny of the nation. If it defeats us, we're defeated. If we defeat that person, they're defeated. It sounds to me the same principle the father used in defeating, you know, uh, uh, Satan. Because Jesus was just one man. And, you know, in most cases, we, we, we tend to forget or we downplay the position of, of one person, the position of one man in the land, the position of one woman, the, just the position. I mean, John said, I am the voice of one. You've got to understand that the entire authority, the entire government, the entire leadership, of God's of God's activity for the earth at that season in time was carried all right, by one man. One man. John said, I am the voice of one. And this voice has the ability to prepare the way and make the path of Christ straight in the earth. That's huge. It's important, we, like I said, when I began this uh, 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 discussion this morning, I knew there's so many things the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. But I don't want to be limited to one. Other. Things, of things are happening. Layers upon layers. Layers upon layers. It's like a sandwich. And you need to make sense of everything that the Spirit of the Lord is doing within the context of the disruptions. So one aspect that obviously that we're looking at is that there has to be a position in our own life where we're able to become that one-man commando. Where we must become that one man that is able to face the one man, the one principality, 
that the powers of the enemy is presenting to us. And there's, if there's any principality the enemy is presenting today globally, is, is the spirit of Jezebel. It's Jezebel. And I mean, I'm not talking about Jezebel today, but it will be, it, I mean, it will shock you when one begins to unpack the activity, the spirit, the nature, the value system, the very architecture behind the spirit. I mean, it's just amazing. So, but I'm saying that when the enemy begins to present to us one man, and the Bible says for 40 days, Goliath was raking and ranting, and not one person. Not the king does not have a solution for the problem. The king doesn't have the solution for the problem. I mean, Israel had the best army back then. Said that David. I mean. David, the same guy who killed the who killed the bear, the same guy, all right, who snatched you know a, a sheep out of the mouth of the lion. I mean, this is David. All kinds of things David, all right, has done that nobody even knew about. And to me, it sounds like what God is actually doing in this new day. God is beginning to reveal the Davids. You will notice David began alone. He was a loner. He had nothing much. He had no friend. In fact, he was just a young lad. His friends were the sheep. And the goats. But within that environment, David found himself. David was striking with God. David was striking with with the spirit. And I think that is something we've got to look into. That we're, we're moving beyond the Christianity of crowd, of multitude, numbers. That's important. But we have to move away from that. We have to shift our focus from, you know, getting excited because, oh, my friend, we're there. You know, everybody was there in the church. Yeah, hallelujah, praise God, you know. It's good. We can, that, that can get us excited, ex, you know, and, 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 you know, motivated. And, but guess what? If you are placed alone, if you find yourself in a condition where you are alone and you need to deal with certain things, do you have that kind of capacity to engage? Where there's nobody cheering you, where nobody even believed in you, when nobody even know who you are, what you represent. When I mean our individuality, what you believe, what you believe, what you know, not what everybody understands. It's not a chorus. The battle of the last day, amen, will not be fought from a corporate position if our individuality, amen, has not been proven, has not been tried. Those that heaven are going to be bringing together, all right, to form the army of God in this life day will be like the armies of David. If you look at those, those guys, the Bible called, you know, the armies of David, they were, they were generous in their own right. They were, you know, rulers. They were authority in their own right. One man took, all right, you know, a, 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 you know, a thousand army all by himself. If you look at the quality of those people, 
They, they, they were qualified in their individuality to become a man. The, 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 the authority of God, the voice of God in the earth. They, they were people around who were not just part of the crowd because they needed to hide within the crowd. No, these were people around who in their own position and rights, when you see them, you bow. And I think this is the reason why they were able to, you know, uh, connect with David, or this is the reason why God connected them with David, because David himself, amen, is a man who had proven himself, who had proven his position, amen, as a representative of God when Goliath came. He did not shy away. He did not run away. He did not go into hiding. Alright? There are people today that have been pushed into hiding. They are, they are hiding themselves from Jezebel. They are hiding themselves from the Midianites. They are hiding themselves from all kinds of things. You know, their Christianity is private. Pri- private. They, they, they hid. You know why? You know why they're hiding? Because they have not learned the position, amen, of being trained to face that one single principality. So when Jezebel speaks, when the Midianite speaks, when Goliath speaks, did you see all those people that I've mentioned? They go for particular individual. Jezebel will go for Elijah. He will go, amen, for the authority, for the government of God resting upon the shoulder of the prophetic. Goliath said, give me one man. When they walk with God, you cannot defeat, you know, on a public level. You see, how many people today are failing in the public life. Men of God are failing in their public ministry. Divorce all over. I mean, all kinds of crazy things are happening. Why? Because we have been defeated, amen, in our personal relationship with God. We have no personal, you see, because it's in our personal relationship with God that we're actually being trained and being empowered and being prepared, hallelujah, to represent the nation. Karabashayadeh. A day will come, all right, as a Joseph, you will have to stand and face a man, Pharaoh. And you will be carrying the entire nation, all right. In Joseph was, was a position where he was actually carrying. You see, Joseph, Joseph was not just standing before Pharaoh. He was actually carrying the entire nation, hallelujah, of Israel. When he stood before Pharaoh, amen, he was, he was standing Hallelujah. With the entire nation of Israel. When, when David, hallelujah, stood and, you know, and faced Goliath, he was representing the entire army of Israel. What about this word? My father, my father, the chariots and the army of Israel. One man. My father, my father. The army and the chariots of Israel. You've got to understand that there is something about our individuality. And I think that is something the Father has really worked in my own personal life. That's why I'm not too much of a crowd person. I love, I love crowd. I love people. I love multitudes. I mean, I love the body, church. I mean, I, love, I lay down my life for the body. <laughs> but I've learned something. The Bible says because Jesus knew the heart of, of men, he would not commit himself. I'm not, I'm not easily moved by the praise of men. I'm not easily carried away by what people say or think about me. I, it doesn't really bother me. 
Because I know that that is not what makes me. The, the praise of men, the opinions of men, is not what defines me. What defines me is my standing, my position before the Father. If I have a standing before the Father, I can dwarf any Goliath. I can dwarf any spirit. But guess what? People may know you. People may sing of your praise. They may hail you, clap for you. Ah, oh, great man of God. This God don't <laughs> But guess what? When you are faced with that spirit of perversion, of wickedness, of lust, of mention it, can you stand? Something. These are highlights in our time, in our day. Something could, could fight amen, with a job of an ass, could fight the entire army of the Philistines, could fight. Things are happening. Look at what is happening in America. I mean, the entire nation, well, not the entire nation, at least half of the nation wants the head of Donald Trump. I mean, America is divided. I mean, and you understand that division, amen, is the definition of weakness. <laughs> the strength of a nation is not defined in their military might. The strength of a nation is not defined in their economy. The strength of a nation, amen, is is defined, amen, in the unity of the spirit of the people, in the unity of the people, because it's in that place that a true leader can lead, no matter how powerful a leader is, if, there, if there's no unity among his people, he, I mean, he's, he's gone, he's defeated already. So, these are all, you see, you see what the spirit of the Lord is doing? The Lord is emphasizing something, that we have to go back, alright, if, if your home is divided, no matter how rich you think you are, no matter how powerful you think you are, you can have the best, uh, uh, God knows what. You know, if it's just like ministry. If your ministry is divided, if there are, if there are, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, what they call them now, you can call them parties or there are factions within your ministry. Guess what? You you defeated. It's only a matter of time before everything implodes. The same thing in our homes. If husband and wife cannot work in unity and work in understanding. Alright, and allow you know the grace of God to guide and direct, amen. The focus of his of his intention for that marriage and that relationship is only a matter of time before everything collapses. There is no agitation. Just tell me. Yes. But you see what is happening right now, and this is the point that I'm trying to make. What is happening right now is that out of all this disruption, God will either bring out a man. Where the people have an understanding of what God is doing, this is a time for this person to, you know, to make a change. Or the devil will cook up, wake up one man, all right, baptize one man, and push him there. That is how the Antichrist is going to lead. Because the Antichrist will come, hallelujah, from the backdrop of chaos. So, if we don't understand how to manage and find ourselves within the chaos and give clarity and direction to people, guess what? The enemy will take advantage of that. That is how the Antichrist, because the Bible says he will bring peace. For three and a half years, there will be peace. There is chaos all over the place, but we have to know how to seize chaos, how to manage chaos. Like they, This is what Paul was praying in Ephesians. I pray that your spirit man all right, may be strong, may develop, may grow, that you may know Christ. Listen to this. If we are not growing in our spirit man, 
we do not have the capacity to face the challenges of our day, we will be dwarfed. Our house all right, will be crumbled. We will be swept away. Our money will not be able to save us in this last day. But I tell you, money is powerful. We need money. But I'm saying, what will save us in this? Because even if you have money, you have you know, influence, you have relationship and all these things. I mean, they are additions. They are additions. But, but you need to have an understanding, a connection in the spirit. You must be able to know what the spirit of the Lord will have you do at every given situation, at every opportunity, whatever is coming your way. You must have that spiritual condition, amen, to rise up to the occasion, not going to hide it. That's the point that I'm making. This is the cry of the prophet Elijah. He said, I am the only one. The, the rest of the prophet, they've gone into hiding. And Obadiah is proud, you know, Obadiah now, I guess, the, I mean, he's, he's priding himself, the fact that he's going to feed, you know, these guys in hiding. Why are you hiding them? Bring them out. This, in the prophetic season of God, this is not the time to hide. This is not the time to be mute. This is not the time, amen, to look as if we don't have an opinion. The devil has an opinion. I mean, if you look at what is happening all over the world, I mean, a few days ago, I mean, I was attacked by some racist people. They, you know, the administrator never said, oh, sorry, we don't like what you're posting. They approve it. But for the fact that one person rejects it, one person doesn't like it, suddenly another person, you know, attacked me. Then they're the third person. One even threatens me. If you don't remove this post, if you don't stop now, we will report you to, you know, to, uh, to the administrator. I said, go ahead, I'm waiting. But you see, the problem is they could not start. In fact, one of them said, for the fact that you write so intelligently, it means you must have an agenda. I mean, to me, I, that, in fact, that is what really got to me. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take this thing. I'm, I am not one of those South Africans that has been captured by apartheid. That has been captured by you know a you know a white supremacist spirit. No, no, no. I'm not one of them. I charged all right by using my intellectual. I didn't even I didn't deal with them in terms of my spiritual position. I used my intellectual position. And it was, I mean, I could see if I could see the face of this one, I'm sure they were they were you know clanging their teeth like you know, like the Pharisees in the days where Stephen stood. The Bible says, while Stephen was speaking, these people could no longer, he could not be, you know, what Stephen, the Bible said, they closed their ears. They were gnashing their teeth. They dragged Stephen out and began to stone him. Because Stephen brought them into alignment. All Stephen was doing, amen. If you have not read, you know, that my article that I wrote on uh, um, South Africa in the New Dawn and the issues of racism, you need to read it. Powerful. It took me four days to craft that thing because I knew that I'm writing something that will, that, will, that, will, that will go into the future that will assist my own children because I don't want my children growing in a society where all right, their color of skin becomes an issue where somebody will look at them because they think they're more white. I'm not a racist. I will never be one. In fact, where, wherever I see people challenge or you know, make a statement that all whites are racist. I challenge them. I said, no, that that is not right. 
So we will deal with them one by one. As we face them, we will deal with them in context. One of the spirits that we need to deal with in South Africa, all right, not just collectively, because if you cannot deal with it on your own individual position, all right, you will never be able to deal with it collectively. And that's why people today cannot speak collectively. That's why, all right, everybody's like, they're hiding. Because the same people that you want to deal with, some, in most cases, they are your employers. Oh, come on now, Isaiah. They are in charge of the economy. That to me, that sounds like the media nights. All right? They're in charge of the economy. Everything that you can say you want to put your hand into, it's either it's being controlled, it's being ruled, it's being regulated by a white person. And if you put a black person there, guess what? These black people, is either they're incompetent, they have no sense of understanding, they use the BEE to enrich themselves. That's what we're watching in the Zondo Commission. The people like, you know, the, 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 the Zuma of this world, and then everybody today, you know, is a, 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 is a spy. Because they have no capacity to take responsibility. Now, now, they might have done that, but in the new generation that is rising, we cannot afford to allow racism, amen, to continue to go forth into the next season. That's just one aspect. And I took, I took these people on. I took them. And by the next day, Obviously, because they have influence, they had removed me, you know, removed me from the, you know, from the group. I mean, if I wanted to take that to another level, I could do that because I could still go back to, you know, to, you know, to the uh, uh, administrator and said, okay, guys, I need you to tell me why you removed me. But the Lord said, leave them. You've, you've done what you need to do. At least they now know, all right? And in fact, when I checked my, you know, because one of the guys, while he was still ranky and, I, I put my link there. I said, if you're saying I've got an agenda, I'm not supposed to be here. Okay, why don't you look at my, my link? Go to my website and see what I've done. Then judge me from that. But you see, there are two. I'm sure there are no more than 5%. In fact, 5% is too much. Maybe 2%. And even those middle class are afraid. So you can see that a nation, a society, a community can be captured by a spirit. You talk about, you know, uh, uh, the Guptas ca capturing, you know, the economy. My good God. They should look at, you know, various sectors, how, you know, the whites have captured this nation. That's why I keep saying, I mean, those who are saying, all right, you, you're just focusing on, 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 on the whites. You're focusing on, you know, uh, uh, the Guptas alone. No, this, this, this commission should actually, you know, be given power to, you know, to, to, to spread into every looks and cranny of South Africa and look at how even the whites, in fact, is because of the white capture, all right, that, you know, pe people like, you know, uh, the former president, you know, Zuma, decide, okay, I'm going to use, you know, these Indian people to also, you know, capture, you know, the, the economy. After all, everybody's got a share in the pie. So, so... <laughs> Let, let, let's, let's, uh, 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 you know, colors not pro, no, he must be pro South Africa when, when he sees, he must not see a white color, he must not see a brown color, he must not see, you know, uh, you know, a, a black color, he must just see one South Africa or else this nation will implode or else this land will implode. So we've got to understand this, this racism. And this is why our youth cannot really, you know, rise up to, you know, to their potential. Because, you know, racism has, has crippled their minds. It's not just about not being able, all right, to get a job. Uh, it's an ability, all right, that cripples your disability. 
It's a spirit that says you are not capable. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the capacity. That when you are due all right, for promotion, they rather bring somebody outside all right, over you. Instead of them to train that colored person, to train that black, no, no, no. They would rather go bring their cousin. They would rather go bring their nephew to mount a position they're not even qualified for. This is the injustice that we're seeing in South Africa. Where I'm coming from, I'm a Nigerian. My country, we're educated people. We're well-built and developed. We develop capacity for ourselves, within ourselves. So people are blind. And this is the reason why I keep saying, I keep saying, the destiny, the future of South Africa, which I believe is in the hands of the youth, but it's not, it's not going to happen if the youths continue to live within the caves and the holes. They need to travel out of South Africa and go mingle with some people in Ghana. Go mingle with some people in Burkina Faso. Go mingle with some people in Nigeria. Go outside the country and see how the youths all right, advancing and pressing towards the concept, amen, of economic emancipation. There is a spirit in South Africa that says you must depend on the government. You must wait on the government. You're waiting from, you know, for, uh, for some grants from the government. All right, the government will, the government will never do anything for you. They're only using you as a pawn. You see how ANC is imploding. And EFF is catching on that. But they also are going to implode. Because the EFF do not have the agenda of this nation at heart. They are only using all right, the, the gap. They are only trying to close on, on the gap that the ANC all right, has opened up. You see, this is why this, 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 this plus affected with what God is doing with the state of the nation. Because they think they are rich. They think that they've got bodyguards. They, some, some of them think because we've got, you know, Armored cars, bulletproof cars. Nothing is gonna happen. That's why when they, when they walk, you find men in black, ten before them, ten behind them, five five by the side. Come on, Israel was was once in the condition where Nigeria was, and God said, "I will judge these people." And God began to tear down their houses. God began to tear down their temples. Guess what? They said, "Okay." You have turned out our temple. We will rebuild. You, you brought these bricks. We will rebuild with stones. That is the height of pride. When a nation cannot even see that they've missed God. When our leaders cannot see that they've missed God. You know what God does with such people? He leads them into captivity. And I can assure us, man of God, Pastor Eki, I can assure us, Captivity is coming. I, I wish I didn't have to say this, but I mean, it's the pattern. It's the pattern of God. Captivity is coming. Some of our leaders, some of our pastors, watch this, man of God, you will say, I said it. Some of our pastors will be captured by Boko Haram. Some of the key leaders, some of the key church leaders will be captured by Boko Haram. Then the church will wake up. In fact, as I'm speaking, I'm seeing the name of some of some of them that will be captured. Let me not begin to say things. Because God, God's plan for becoming, you know, 
a destination of an economic destination. God is using God raised one man, just one man, the, the current president. God raised that one man and is turning things around. The fortune of Ethiopia is coming back. And that is a reflection of what is going to happen. Because you see, when Ethiopia gets blessed, it's a reflection of what is going to happen to the African continent. Because in, in the calendar of God, in the image of God, when you talk of Africa, you talk of Ethiopia. You see, Africa used to be one. You talk of Ethiopia. Not Egypt. Ethiopia represents Africa. So when Ethiopia was in famine, Africa was in famine. Now God is turning things around. God finally raised one man. This is the point that I'm making. I hope this point becomes a reality to us. That if God can find one person, you see, I choose to be different. I don't want to play into, you know, some, you know, a group, some, you know, all right, to rebuild the broken walls and the bond gates of this nation. I'm not here to play church. I'm not here to play tradition and religion. I'm not here to make friends in the kingdom. There are no permanent friends. There are only permanent interests. In the kingdom of God, there are no permanent friends. There are only permanent interests. So the day your interests shift from kingdom agenda, pure kingdom agenda, not just making noise, there are too many noise makers making noise about kingdom. Their phrase is kingdom, 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 kingdom. But their life, their life negates kingdom. Their attitude, their belief system, their expression, their persona speaks of Babylon. You see, if you're not, if your if your prophetic sight. It's not well calibrated. You fall for, for, you know, for these guys who are calling kingdom. They're calling kingdom, but their life is a different order. Their home, their structure is a different order. There is no game somebody wants to play with me about the things of God that, I, uh, that I'm not aware of. Before they even start the game, I already know where they're going to end. <laughs> That's why I, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not slow to cut them off. Because if you don't cut them off, they will prevent you from doing what God will have you do. You see, they're like Jonathan. They know that the order have shifted. That David one day is going to be a king. But you see, because they are too connected to their own identity, to their own concept of culture and belief system. To their own value system. They're still connected to that umbilical, you know, cord of soul. But, oh, David, David, my friend, my friend. No, but Saul, Saul, my father. You've got to understand that your friendship with David, amen, is based on covenant. Covenant established, amen, on the prophetic agenda of God. So in the day where your father missed the directions of the spirit, like Eli, what do you do? You shift order. You shift order. You don't die with him. You, you don't die with him. Because you're still carrying something. You're still carrying something that is relevant for the next generation. When Saul is dying, you don't want to die. Are you the man? 
Remember, when we talk about man, we're not dealing with gender here. Give me a man. No, but they couldn't present one man. Could it be that in a whole nation, we may not be able to present a man? <laughs> yes, within the structure of their order, they don't have what it takes to present a man. Not that there are no men. It's just a, within the context of what they have defined to be army. Within the concept of what they have defined to be a nation. Within the context of what they have defined to be you know, a powerful economy. Within the context of what they have defined to be a powerful you know, political you know, system. Within the concept of what they define to be church. There is no one man. Ah, but if you go behind the wilderness, if you track your, if you can track your way to the wilderness, you will find the voice of John, the day of you know, ascendance, so that the church can be birthed. The Bible says Elijah and Moses appeared to him on, on the mount. It's called Mount of Transfiguration. I started by telling you that there are things we've got, to, we've got to understand that as we face a new day, there has to be a transfiguration to deal with. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. The reason why there was transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration was because, amen, God was about to you know, usher Jesus into the order of two dimensions, Moses and Elijah. And for him to be able to, amen, deal with these two order, these two reality, these two grace, this these two keys of the kingdom, amen. He needed to, amen, wear a new dimension, amen, of identity. Don't no wonder the Bible says, as he prayed, Bible says, as he prayed, he, his face changed and his garment became white. Every time you pray in accordance to the seasons of God, change takes place within your spiritual life, and it and it brings you into a new dimension, amen, of of presentation. For divine representation. If you, are, if you cannot be presented before the order amen, of Moses. You've got to understand the anointing. Those anointing, right? They, they carry objective. Moses was a man that parted the Red Sea. That brought the people out of bondage, right? Yes. They represent the fourth, the fourth dimension. Man is four dimensional. Just like the earth is four dimensional. The north, the south, the east, the west. All right. If you're if you're dealing with the issues of the earth, you you'll be dealing with the four orders. There are four orders that control the earth. That's why, Amen. God gave us the ministry of the cherubims. And when you begin to read about the cherubims, you will notice that they fly between heaven and earth. I'm not talking about the cherubims today, but I'm just trying to... We're not perfected. These guys were not perfected. They, 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 they did not understand, all right, the, the, the demand of being prepared for something. You see, a lot of people say, ah, prophetic, I want the prophetic. We want, you don't even understand what the prophetic is. You think prophetic is just about prophesying, all right, about being able to understand scripture? Ah, they will bring you to the place of death. Remember I said this before? Gone are the days where we take, we take stones from the quarry to build. That was good. That was second day. <laughs> that was second day concept of building. Where we go to the quarry, amen, we get stones that have been cut. Amen, that was good. That's, that's second.
on the teachings, on the prophetic, the third dimension of the prophetic is stones from the stream. Stones from the stream. Come on, let me hear you say it. I want to hear you say it. Stones from the stream. Stones that are buried. Stones that have allowed the seasons of God to pass through them. Every sharp edge in their life, amen, the waters of God are smoothing smoothing them out. Now they can fit in without noise. Not like you're fitting into your brother and you're cutting your brother. You're creating more injury in the body. You say you're building. You're creating more injury in the body and you say you're building. That's not building. Yesterday, the Lord, I, I was going to town. The Lord was speaking to me. He said, every time, uh, well, not, I, I don't always go to town. And when I go to town, obviously, I take you know, public transport. He said, me, what many preaches today, what many practice to, today as Christianity is by us. Most Christians in South Africa are racist, particularly if they are white. And, and blacks also. Because you want to get back. You want to get them, you want to, you know, get back at the white. So it's tit for tat. You can do that. You see, when you come into the kingdom, there's no place for racism. There's no place for being biased. There's no place for xenophobia. There's no place for all this nonsense things. No, no, there's no. That's why kingdom gospel is different from Christianity. The God, what people define to be Christianity today, all right, is an extension of an agenda that is passed by some white people. That's why I keep saying, listen to this, friends. The white people did not bring the gospel to Africa. If you, if you read your Bible properly, if you read your Bible properly, you will know that the gospel came to Africa, amen, through the Ethiopian Enoch. Oh, come on. Read. Go read the scripture. Read history. They've been practicing Christianity in Ethiopia before a white man came to, this, came to the continent. And guess what? They, when they came to the continent, they didn't come bringing the gospel. They came, listen to this, they came with the mindset of trade. And their trade was slavery. This, this is history. I'm not saying things off my head. This is history. And this is the reason why till today you find certain part of Africa when they say Christianity. No, 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 no. It's a white man religion. No, we need to redefine where Christianity came from. Christianity is not the... If, if you will, imagine people are even... They, I mean, they are accusing me of that because I'm sharing on the, on, you know, on, you know, on, on, you know, on Facebook. People are saying, "Oh, you must be one of those people who are teaching the people to eat grass and all that." You see, because people are dunce, they, they can't think, they can't reason. You can't judge everybody based on what you know. One person, you know, uh, uh, the mistake of one person. You use the same brush, all right? That you you paint somebody, you paint everybody with the same brush. But th- that's their own issue. That's not my own issue. But we'll continue to stand for truth. We'll continue to stand for what is right. You see, in the name of Christianity, people have committed all kinds of atrocity. Guess what? In the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, the Roman, the, the, you know, the, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church murdered so many people, killed a lot of people. Killed a lot of people, including you know, Muslims. They killed them in the name of Christianity. That's why today you find this issue still there. You say, what, what Christ are you talking about? Your Christ that was a murderer. Christ, Christ never sent them to kill anybody. Show me the place in the Bible where the Bible, where the scripture said, you know, you must go kill in the name of Christ. And this is the same thing I'm saying to my friends and my brothers in, in Nigeria who, who, who are beating the war drum. All right? We're going to take arms. That If you do that, you're no longer a Christian. You can do that in the name of the, the, the Nigerian army force, but not in the name of Christ. Nobody kills in the name of Jesus. 
He says, if they slap you on one cheek, he says, turn the other cheek. That is what you sign for or you say you don't want to be a Christian again. Yes. You are allowed to. You are allowed to leave Christianity, but nobody kills in the name of Christ. Nobody, amen, hit another person in the name of Christ. Nobody go fight and destroy somebody else's life in the name of Christ. No, they are, they are, they are disvaluing you. They're bringing you down. They're making you feel as if you're nothing. And that's what the devil does. All right? He attacks your identity. That's why today the number one problem in South Africa is an issue of identity. Particularly among the colors. I mean, I can say this because my wife is a colored. I mean, when you don't know where you fall, when you don't know who you are, you cannot define your identity by your skin. You cannot, I mean, if I have to define who I am by the color of my skin, you see, I am disenfranchised. Or I have to define my identity from where I come from. Then I have to be hiding my face, you know, not or hiding my identity. I don't want people to know I'm a Nigerian. Oh, come on, I'm a Nigerian. I'm proud of my country. One of the, one of the most blessed country in the world. Now that doesn't mean that, all right, when, when something is wrong about my country, I will not talk about it. I will talk about it, but I will not allow people to take advantage of that. Because I am first a kingdom citizen. Listen to this. How you were born, where you were born, is part of your mission, is part of your call and objective, amen, to express the intentions of God in the earth. So nobody is disenfranchised. You are not disenfranchised. If you, if you feel disenfranchised, it's because you've been captured in your mind all right, by the state of the narrative that defines people. I'm, I'm not defined by you know, what people was Poland and they decided how they're going to you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, divide Africa and take Africa. They were the first people that came here to invade you know, the land. Come on, we can talk about this thing. This is history. This is not some secret thing. So they began the idea of my, you know, migration. So, on the other hand, if blacks are not going to their end, alright, maybe it's just the seed that they've sown because the seed you sow, you're going to reap. But on the other hand, I'm also saying that why should why should our, you know, you know, black folks be going to, you know, to America? What are they going to look for there? Well, it's because we've got bad leadership here in Africa. Because if we don't have bad leadership. Africa is 10 times richer than Europe. Some even argue and say 100 times richer. But we've got bad leaders, we've got bad administrators, we've got bad governance. There's enough wealth in Africa to take care of Africa and the rest of the world. But you see, our greed, look at, look at yesterday I was watching a program talking about, you know, the late Sanya Bacha. I mean, there's a particular uh, place now. Is in New, uh, Jersey. Very soon, Africa will not just be a place for you know these people to come, but Africa will actually take over. And talk about the economy. We just need the wheel. We just need people. But it's gonna take a position of certain people rising up. That's the point that I'm making. Is it these other guys? This guys that I've just mentioned, they can also decide to, you know, put their hand in the pie and take their own. But they said, no, 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 no. Hey, somebody must break this, 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 this spirit. We've got to break the spirit of corruption and just want to siphon money for ourselves. We've got to break it, and this people are standing. And you see, they are the people now that are being challenged by the West. You call them names, yes. 
Because the moment you stand up to want to bring a change, you become a target. I'm a target. I know I'm a target in South Africa among the pastors. They don't like me. I know that. I know that some of those so-called apostles don't like me because I'm not saying things they want to hear. And I'm not here to say things, things that you know they, they, they want to hear. I'm supposed to be speaking the things that heaven, hallelujah, has called me to declare and to speak. And only the truth will set us free. So the, 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 the earlier we begin to believe and accept the injustice, he must be able to see the divide. He must not be, he must not be captured around by, 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 you know, by, by, by money. No. Bride must not blind his eyes. He must see. He must understand that this nation has been ripped. That the destiny of our children depends on his leadership. That there are children that cannot have quality education because their parents cannot afford it. It shouldn't be. If you want to develop a nation, you should be able to empower the children. You should give them quality education. Quality health care. That's what makes that's what defines the wealth of a nation. Quality health care. Quality education. Open the open open the you know the nation up. Send the people out, the young people, environment alone. You know, when I was coming to South Africa, you know, one of the things they keep ringing in my ears, there's AIDS in South Africa. AIDS. So why don't you marry, marry one person before you... <laughs> because they say, for after, you know, out of every three women you meet, one must carry AIDS. If you live life based on people's perception... And people's belief, you will never step into your destiny. If I'd listened to what people were saying, guess what? I won't be in this nation. And I, I will even marry, you know, a South African. And I keep saying, I'll say it again on this, you know, on, on, on this broadcast. My marriage was not a marriage of convenience. I didn't marry my wife to become a South African. My 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 my, my citizenship. As a non-citizen, I'm a non-citizen South African. I'm a citizen but a non-citizen. That's because I've not renounced all right, my nation. I've not renounced my nation as a Nigerian. I'm a Nigerian. I've always been Nigerian. But I love this nation. I can lay down my life for this land. My, my, my citizenship as, as, a, as a South African all right, was by merit. In fact, they rejected me. You know, I had to petition you know, Pretoria. Because that's what you must do. That's it. So I'm, so when these white people, they think, oh, they're seeing a black, black skin. I'm a South African. I am a South African. Like Paul said, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Roman. <laughs> that I have. It must be a tool that I'm using to advance the kingdom. I don't run after things just to have them. Oh, for the pleasure of, wow, I've got a new nice phone. Uh, if you have me, if you see me use two phones, just ask me what's your purpose. If you see me use something else, just ask me. I will tell you the purpose. I told my, my daughter this morning because I was my, my laptop has, has not been working for a while. I can't do recording, you know. I used to use my laptop, you know, for you know the, 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 the audio broadcast, which I mean has really spread, you know, to America and to some other places. So I couldn't use I couldn't use it because the, you know first of all the the the, the laptop has is old 
It's not working properly. If I remove it from power, now it goes off. <laughs> you know, so I was telling my daughter this morning, I said, you must pray to God for God to give daddy another, you know, a, a laptop. And I was telling my daughter, I really actually, I need a Mac because a Mac will help me. Mac, Mac, you know, Apple products, particularly Mac, they're good for recording. And I said, you know, to my daughter, I need you to pray to God. Then my daughter said, but, but why can't you pray? I said, well, I pray. She said, oh, uh, it must be because you're old now, right? I said, yes. I said, when you pray, you know, you're young. When you pray, God answers your prayer quick and fast. So she just laughed. I'm, I'm, that's the truth. <laughs> you know? So whatever, you, whatever I, I have, whatever I buy, I buy them to add, including the clothes that I wear. I don't do anything, you know, just oh, for people to see. No. That's why I keep saying that you, you can talk kingdom, but if your persona, your life is reflecting something else, then you're, not, you're far from the kingdom. Everything I have, I buy or I do, I tell you, it's got a kingdom tag on it. Not me. I don't live for myself. This is the order we've got to, we've got to come into. We've got to understand the demand. You see, this is what makes the power of God rest on us. There's some people, the power of God cannot rest on them. The best they can have is some little illumination about the things of God, and they call it revelation. No, you're just illuminated. They just shine a bit of light on that. Oh, you good revelation. It's not revelation. Revelation will transform your life. It will, it will transform somebody's life. If you really touch revelation, you can never be the same again. If they ever open your eyes, you see, revelation is when they take you from one dimension to the next realm. Revelation is when they took John from the island of Patmos and they plunged him into another realm. Suddenly, he was in heaven. That's revelation. The rest of the disciples, the Bible said they were slain. Yeah. Praise God. So, The the, the highlight this morning is God meets a man. One man. Yes, there's a corporate order. Yeah. But in our corporateness, there has to be that identity of that one. That's why I want to know you as an individual. You shift away from, you know, a, a general ideology of Christianity. You've got to find who you are within the core of the life of Christ. So that when you are faced by the Sahendrin, you can stand like Stephen, bold, courageous, faith, wisdom, you express what you believe. And even if they are stoning you to death, you will still be praying, Father, forgive them. Don't take this against them. Don't, don't take this against their charge. Forgive them. Only Jesus prayed that kind of a prayer on the cross. What, what a life Stephen expressed to us. Come on, friends. And then we begin to see, all right, in the matters of other apostles, how these people were glad to. All, everything that I'm telling you, I faced it. I faced rejection in my life. I faced loneliness. I faced everything. I mean, when people think, oh, this guy must just have it all, yeah. You don't know. I was, I was going through a period of my life that you know, there was a period in my life before I came to this nation, I mean, I feel like dying. I just felt like dying. I'm tired. 
Because you, you're dealing with things that people cannot see. This is, this is where the prophet of God, you see, it's easy to throw a stone to, to the prophet Elijah and say, uh, he, he, he was a crime baby. He's, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Uh, all, you, 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 you put yourself, you find yourself in the shoe Elijah found himself. And see if you're not going to do us. I've been there. Where you're carrying, you're carrying the burden of a season upon your shoulder. And the people you're pastoring cannot even understand. They can't see it. There's nothing that kills a man of God, particularly if you're a shepherd. That your people cannot see what you're, what, what you're trying to show them. They can't appreciate it. That was me back then. I'm saying, God, just open the eyes of this. We'll let them see, let them understand. It was difficult for them. Because they've never been through that path before. I, I, I also have not been through the path before. But, but once you pick something in your spirit, that's one thing about God. Once you pick something in your spirit that this is the path, this is, this is, this is the new thing God is doing. Guess what? You cannot shove it off. You cannot push it aside. You cannot deny. You can't say, ah, oh, it doesn't, it's not real. <laughs> Listen to me. When you wake up tomorrow, you're going to, you're going to be getting that same signal. It's real. And everything, listen to this, you're praying for, can't even see, can't feel it, can't understand what you're doing. But you're praying because you know winter is coming. I say you know that winter is coming. So you're out there gathering wood, you're out there gathering wood because you know winter is coming. Guess what? Most of the time your family don't care if winter is coming. They, they, they just want to feel warm when winter comes. <laughs> but you have to go into the woods. You have to go into the forest. You have to chop down woods. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. It's wisdom. You prepare for the season. You prepare for the season. You pray for your husband. You pray for your wife. Even if you are, you know, you are enjoying the best of the best of the best of the bliss you can have as husband and wife. Don't you depend on that. You have to pray into the future because war is going to come. All kinds of things the enemy is going to do. Particularly if there is a loophole in your relationship. If there is just one little, little loophole, the enemy is going to seize that. So you seal. Remember I said they build wall to wall. You seal every aspect of gap in your life, in your marriage, in your home. Your finance, you present it to God. All right? If you're in a season where God has blessed you abundantly, you know what you do? Deliberately sow into the life. Spiritually, deliberately sow into their life. Don't tell me because it's, that concept has been perverted. Yes, people have perverted it. The fact that people pervert the truth does not make the truth perverted. Listen to my statement. The fact that people try to pervert the truth does not mean that the truth is perverted. The truth is a principle. Every time you apply the principle, it works for you. Even if you're applying with the wrong agenda. How much more if you have the right you know, heart to it? a blessing to people. Don't just listen and say, oh, wow, this great man of God. No. Say, what can I do? How can I be a blessing to this man of God? Can I, can I bless him financially? Because listen to this. When you bless people, when you bless people, particularly true men of God, when you bless them, they don't even need to open their mouth to bless you. Something in the ones you're t- preaching to that they are enjoying your material. Oh, no, no, no. They just laugh. Some people even say, oh, man of God, send me that material. And they will never say, ah, how can I be a blessing to that man of God? 
Don't they know that we know all these things? I mean, if I've pastored for, you know, uh, 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 two decades plus, I should know these things. When you bless a grace, a gift, out of a heart of honor and respect, oh, you've just opened a portal in the spirit. Whatever is in that man's life, even if he doesn't want to bless you, he cannot but. That thing just flows into your domain. It flows to you. It's like a river. It's like a stream. I mean, there used to be a man of God back there in Nigeria. I mean, this man was a doctor. I mean, medical doctor, but he was pastoring. And the Lord one day says, put 5,000. Back then, 5,000 naira was a lot of money. And I just sold it into his ministry. And this man, I don't know how he knew because I didn't, I didn't, make, I didn't announce it. He invited me to his house. And he just began to open up and began to share things with me. A book he wrote years ago as a medical doctor, he sold that book into my life. He said, I just love, I love your heart. I love you. I've been watching. I didn't even know this man has been watching. He said, I've been watching. I've been following you. You're going to go places. And this is an elderly man, you know, in ministry. When you, you see, your gift can open door. I know people, yes, they've perverted this. Just send me money. In fact, I'm not even, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hide his name. Apostle Daniels. Beautiful man of God. He said, my friend, I just felt I need to send something to you. And he says, just go to uh, uh, um, ShopRite and cash, you know, cash the money there. I mean, I began to weep because I didn't even tell him I was in need. That is how God provides. Now, he may be in need, but God has steered his heart. This is how we shift things in the spirit. You don't even have to have so much. To respond to the spirit. You see you see what I told you when I began. I didn't know what God would have me say. I'm just speaking by the spirit. I'm just speaking by the spirit. So we've dealt with one aspect. This is another aspect the spirit of the Lord is emphasizing. Alright. You connect to people's spirit. Alright. By blessing their spirit. You connect to people's spirit. By blessing their spirit. You want to bless my spirit. Pray, God, what are the needs in the life of this man? How can I meet those needs? Even if I can't meet, can I, can I do something? I can assure you, you're going to have a download. There's a lady that God, I mean, God used to be a blessing to me. Financially, I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I just pray one prayer, which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make, 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 you know, make public. I just pray that single prayer for this lady, and I begin to see the result in my life. You've got to understand that you see, money is very powerful. Money is very powerful. It can control you, but it can also free you. When you live in the realm, all right, where money cannot control you, not only would you have abundance of it. But, you will, but that money will become a vehicle to advance the kingdom of God, the purposes of God on earth. That's why God has given us money. That's the idea of money. To advance the purposes of God in the earth. In the earth. Friends, heaven is speaking to us on various levels, on various things, on various dimensions. 
I mean, I need to stop now because I need to continue my writing. But I'm just sharing with us and I'm saying, can you be that one man that could, can stand out? When Goliath said, give me, give me a man. Can you be part of, you know, that single called out Peter, James, and John that Jesus took to the mountain of transfiguration. You see, he didn't, listen to this, friends. Jesus did not take Peter, James, and John to the mountain of transfiguration because they were perfect. He took them there because there's a plan, there's a purpose of God for their life. Always, always seek to put yourself within the context of God's purpose for your life. God, what's your plan for me today? I plunge me there. That's how you pray. Plunge me there. I plunge myself into your purpose. So if the Lord decides to say, okay, I'm going to take you from here to that place, so be it. There's always a plan. In God, there are no bad days. All days are good days. Peter, James, and John was taken to the Mount of Transfiguration. They came down different people. What is God doing in your life? To a point, amen, in our walk with God, amen, where there is an adjustment of our prophetic sight. That's my, that's, that's my calling. You see, when I speak, I'm adjusting. See, there are two dimensions of my ministry. Well, I'm speaking to the body of Christ, but I'm also speaking to this nation as I'm speaking to the rest of society, rest of the world. That's what you do as a prophet. Right? Prophet is just giving you prophecy and you know, prophesy your blessing. Your That's not... A prophet must adjust your sight, must give you clarity, meaning, direction, precision, must give you accuracy into, amen, the times and the seasons of God, must be able to tell you this is that. In the, in the midst of confusion, a prophet must be able to tell you this is that that has been prophesied by prophet John. It gives you clarity. Yes. There was something I was writing a few days ago and I was comparing. I'm not sure if I can find it here. Yeah. I was speaking to a brother. And after, you know, uh, I stopped speaking. And the Lord began to speak to me. The Lord, you see, the Lord does that to me. Every conversation triggers something in my spirit. And uh, so, suddenly, the Lord began to speak to me. Comparing the position of a young prophet with a mature prophet. But I'm not going to share this now because if I do now, then I'm going to wrap this morning. I also need to go um, get myself ready for the next thing I need to do. I'm really working on this material. I've set a time frame for myself to finish. Hopefully, I should be able to finish by this weekend. But I tell you, I'm just asking the Lord to continue to grant me grace. Uh, um, but the way I'm looking at it is like this thing is almost becoming you know, a book, but I just want to live in a position of a manual, you know, people don't really read books these days, so I don't want to overlabel myself, you know, doing things that people are not even going to read, so, but this material is going to help you, you know, this one I'm doing on, you know, uh, um, identifying the architecture of Jezebel within the nations and within society, so we'll continue to do that and believe the Lord to grant us you know, uh, 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 capacity and grace. It's not easy. I tell you, there's nothing that saps your, your anointing, your energy, like writing. 
Every aspect of your life is like it's drained. But it's worth it for the advancement of the church. So thank you so much. Really want to appreciate everybody. My dear sister, Mr. Jane, thank you so much. Jane there, Daniels, thank you so much. Pastor Ike, thank you, sir. Appreciate you for the connection. Amen. Uh, thank you, my brother, uh, uh, Milton Williams. Thank you so much. Uh, I didn't know you were also here. Uh, brother Joe, amen. Uh, great woman. Thank you so much, sister. Uh, Elin's, amen, sister. Elin, thank you. The first time I did a, a teaching on, you know, back then we call it Exposing the Spirit of Jezebel, 2001, you can see, 2001. This was the first time I did this training, 2001. That's, that's some years, years ago, you know, years, years back, 2001. Don't mind this. That's my son. My son actually just, you know, you know while he was a baby. So, but, I mean... And what the Lord told us, showed us 2001, still very relevant to what is happening today. Amazing, amazing stuff, amazing. So thank you, everyone. Have yourself a wonderful day. Um, enjoy the rest of the day. Continue to pray for me. Continue to encourage me. Let's continue to pray for each other. Let's continue to you know, be a blessing to each other. Let's continue to push forward, amen? Let's continue to stand in the gap. Don't give up, amen? Please continue to pray. The more you pray, the more your spirit amen, gets nourished, gets empowered, gets developed, and gets focused on the objectives of God. Amen. We need to pray. It's important. Prayer is not just about getting things from God. It's also like, excuse me, it's also for being in spiritual shape. We've got to be in shape. Amen. That's one of the beauty of prayer. It keeps you amen, in shape spiritually. So let's continue to pray. Let's go. In fact, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, 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 the, the, the parasites and all these heights. But we will stand, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that your grace, oh God, that we stand on. Jesus, our sure foundation, will continue to enable us, empower us, oh God, to be almighty God, that one man, that city, that, that, that house, oh God, that is set on the hill that cannot be hidden. We thank you. We bless your name, oh God, that our life will continue to honor you and give you glory. That we'll continue to stand in the gap and pray for the nations, for our, our society, for the body of Christ, for our family. We thank you this morning. I thank you. I join my faith, oh God, with my brothers and my sister. And I thank you this morning that you will continue to empower them in the place of prayer. Continue to strengthen them, O oh God. Continue to enable them, O oh God, that they will not be moved or be captured, O oh God, by the events around them. But Lord, they will continue to look straight unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. I bless you, Lord, this morning for their life, for their home, for their family, for their ministry. Continue to enrich them. Continue to enable them. Continue to build them up, O oh God. Lord, may continue to resource them, O oh God. We 